Father, we thank you for this another opportunity to meditate your word. Your word is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. We ask that you shine the light of your word to us today by the Holy Spirit. Help us to see what it is as we prepare our hearts on this Palm Sunday to celebrate Passion Week and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. Give us a reminder of why things are the way they are so that we can be the way you want us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. The title of this message today is The Last Adam. You may be seated. The Last Adam. And we're going to talk specifically today why you must be born again. Our text is in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We'll be reading it tomorrow morning or Tuesday morning or, yeah, Tuesday morning. We'll be reading it this week. Amen. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 42, 42, I mean 42 to 49, I'm reading in the New King James Bible, this is our text, it's a lot to be said, but this is what the Holy Spirit is saying. So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in, in corruption, and it's raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in honor. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body, and there is a spiritual body, and so it is written. The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last... Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural. And afterward, the spiritual. The first man was of the earth, made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. How many of y'all understand? That seemed to be pretty simple. At the same time, it's really deep. And it's what the Lord wants us to meditate on this week. He starts by talking about the resurrection of the dead. Here we are on, as it were, the eve of what the world calls Easter and what we call the celebration of the resurrection of Jesus. As we prepare ourselves for the celebration of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus, my heart was stirred immensely within me Listening to Pastor Carol's message from two weeks ago, Jesus Christ, super spreaders. The church, as he preached it, is called to spread the
the church is called to spread the gospel. We are called and commissioned to spread the good news that God first preached to Abraham. That if you obey me, then I will say something good over your life that will enable you to succeed and empower you to prosper. How many of y'all believe that's the commission of the church? And essentially, that's what we are talking about. As it says in Mark chapter 1 and verse number 14 and 15, Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel (laughs) of the kingdom of God and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. And then he says, repent and believe in the gospel. So I smile and I laugh because on, on, on Wednesday nights we've been talking about uh, preaching the gospel and what is the gospel and the gospel, the message of the gospel. So if you've been missing Wednesday nights, you've been missing a whole lot, but I hope those of you that have been with us can appreciate with me that Jesus also, as we are, was called and commissioned by God to spread the gospel. And we're going to see today from the Word of God what that, God, what that gospel is. But notice here in Mark 1 and 14, Jesus was called and commissioned to do the same thing that he called and commissioned us to do. But I want you to notice that in his preaching the gospel, he told people to repent. Somebody say repent. Now, if you're like me, repent is not a word that we use in our everyday text messages. When I'm talking to my wife, I don't tell her, you need to repent. <laughs> we use other words, but I mean, very rarely in, uh, in the workplace or in our home do we use it with one another. Usually repentance is as it relates to sin, which is because of the goodness of God. Amen. And so, but notice in his preaching the gospel, in spreading the gospel around the world, Jesus told people, repent and believe. Repent for what? Or why repent? The call to repent and believe requires obedience. And obedience is the key to blessing. So we're starting a two-part series today called The Last Adam. In this series, we are purposing to show you from the Word of God why mankind needs salvation and that Jesus is the Savior of the world. We started in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let's look again at verse 42. It says here, So also is the resurrection of the dead. Now, we all know you don't start a conversation with the word so. Is that right? So, no, (laughs) we need to back up. And actually, we started in verse 42. Let's jump back to verse number 35. Verse 35 says, But someone will say, How are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? Well, we also know that you don't start a conversation with the word but. So let's back up. 
And if we keep going, we actually end up back in verse 1. How about we start there? So we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1 through 4. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the, the gospel. I preach to you the gospel, which I preach to you, which you also received, in which you stand, by which you also are saved. And if you hold that which I preach to you, unless you have believed in vain. For I, I delivered to you, first of all, that which also I received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. Well, we started with the word so, and we had to back up. We then looked at the word but, and we had to back up. And we go all the way back to the beginning of the chapter, and he says, moreover, how many of y'all know, we still technically need to back up. Now, I need y'all, I know we had a little interruptance here with the audio and the batteries and whatnot, but I need y'all to stay connected because I've got to get it out quick. In other words, be quick with me and it'll flow really good. This is a really powerful word, okay? Amen. Amen. So, of course, we don't start conversations with moreover. But he says, moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel. Do you know the gospel? For those of you that are on Wednesday nights, hands down, I know you know what the gospel is. But if the church, worldwide, by millions or billions of people, if we don't know the gospel, how can we preach the gospel? How can we spread the gospel? So I want to show you from the word of God today why you must be born again. Write this down. The gospel is the good news that if you obey God, he will bless you. I've heard it from the time that I was a child. Uh, my father as a pastor, pastoring us, growing up in the church, uh, as I've received other pastors in life, the gospel, it can be translated, glad tidings of good things. The most simplest definition is that it's good news. But I allow the Bible to define itself. And in Galatians chapter 3 verse 8, the Bible says that God preached the gospel to Abraham, saying, in you all nations of the earth shall be blessed. Well, when you go back to look at when God, how many would you would love to hear God preach? Come on, somebody. Thank God for the great preachers and teachers on the planet. But, ooh, I look forward to hearing the Almighty whew, get excited about something good. Amen? Well, we know if we read Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 4 or whatnot, that is the gospel message. And it is simplified as this, that if you, anybody who hears this, if you obey God, he will bless you. We know the bless means to say something good over your life that will enable you to succeed and to prosper. That is what we should be telling everybody. We should be declaring the gospel just like Paul declared the gospel to them and just like Jesus in Mark chapter 1 went about everywhere preaching, come on y'all help me, the gospel. 
You should be preaching the gospel to your unsaved loved ones. You should be preaching the gospel to your saved loved ones. Listen, baby, if you obey God, God will bless you. He'll say something good. You need to tell that to your unsaved co-workers. Come on. You need to tell that to your unsaved strangers in, in, in the marketplace. You should be telling the world, like, look, if you obey what God tells you, he'll, he'll cause good to happen in your life. But how many of y'all know you got to know the gospel before you can preach the gospel? Is that right? And that's what this mini-series is all about. Write this down. The key component to the gospel is verse 3. The key component is that God caused Christ to die for our sins. Look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3. He said, I preached this gospel. Verse 3 says, Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. Here's the gospel. He was buried. Here's the gospel. He rose the third day. So when we get together next week, we are celebrating the good news. That Christ died for our sins. Right? And that if we repent, glory to God, just like God raised him from the dead, he'll raise us out of our dead situations. Amen? So, now go with me now, if you would, to the book of 1 Corinthians 15, and let's look at verse 12 and verse 14. We didn't read this yet. This is still in the chapter. In verse 12 he says, Now if Christ is preached... That he has been raised from the dead. How do some of, among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. Because he had to be raised by the resurrection of the dead. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty. And your faith is also empty. He's teaching in this chapter about the fact that God raised Christ from the dead. Even though some don't believe that. There's some in your family that don't believe that. There's some on your job that don't believe that. There's some in your neighborhood that don't believe that. That stranger in the grocery store doesn't believe that Jesus as the Son of God died for their sins and that God raised them from the dead. And as a result, they are without God in this world. If if we keep reading, if we jump down to verse 20, is this good? Or are y'all ready to go home? Well, come on, let's keep at it. In verse 20, verse, verse 20 to 22, he says, But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For also in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. How many of y'all see this passage is on fire? 
I mean he's talking about Christ is. Now there may be people in the world that don't believe it, but Christ is risen from the dead. Amen. Glory to God. And then he says, for since by man came death. What man is he referring to? He said, then by also man came the resurrection of the dead. Well, what man is he talking about came the resurrection of the dead? Then he says, for as in Adam all die. So he must be the man that by death came. And in Christ also all shall be made alive. So he must be the man by which resurrection from the dead has come. What in the world does Adam have to do with Jesus being raised from the dead? Have you ever thought about that? No. Are y'all connected today? Amen. I'm, dis- I'm in this pause I'm deciding if I need to unplug and do this next week. Should I keep going or should I not? Keep going. going. So you all are connected. And everybody online. I know it's 12 o'clock, but I got 10 minutes. If you can listen fast, I can preach fast. All right, so you're connected. Okay. Let me ask you this question. I need you to consider it because this is a long chapter, and this is something that you and I need to understand. He's talking about our gospel and what we're supposed to be preaching. He's talking about Adam. And then obviously he's talking about Jesus. But my question is this. What in the world does Adam have to do with Jesus being raised from the dead? One more time. What in the world does Adam have to do with Jesus being raised from the dead? Everything. If it weren't for Adam's mistake, Jesus wouldn't have need to be raised from the dead. And that's what's most important here. We wouldn't be where we are right now if it weren't for Adam. And this is the reason why you must be born again. This is the reason why we need to do everything in our power to preach the gospel. Because unless this world is born again, they cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. Turn with me to Romans chapter 5 and verse number 12. Say this out loud. Jesus is the last Adam. The Bible actually calls Jesus Adam. Wow. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that actually unique? And when you think about it, Adam wasn't born from the seed of a man. He was born from the word of the almighty God. Adam the first wasn't born from the seed of a woman. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? Well, in this case, glory to God. God formed man out of the dust of the earth, breathed into his life, his nostrils, the breath of life, and he became a living being. His name was Adam. Both men, Adam and Jesus, were made by God. He is the last Adam. Glory. In Romans chapter 5 verse 12, Therefore just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, thus death spread to all men because all sinned. The one man in this verse is referring to Adam. 
Because of Adam's disobedience, sin entered the world, and death through sin. And look at this, death spread to every human being ever born on this planet. Talk about a super spreader. Talk about a virus. Talk about a corruption. Talk about an infection. Not one person born by billions and billions ever on this planet was born without a sin nature. Sin spread to every human being. And this problem is why you got to give your life to Jesus. This is why good people don't go to heaven. Save people go to heaven. Oh. The sin of Adam was disobedience. And the root of that sin was pride. In teaching about how to identify pride, we touched on this teaching of nature and Adam, but I was, I'm not sure that you really got it. When we go back to Isaiah, uh, 1 Corinthians 15 and 45, which is our text for today, so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being, and the last, Adam, became a life-giving spirit. Now we read this verse with revelation. That first man is Adam. He became a living being. But the last Adam, which is Jesus, come on, he came one who gives life. In Genesis chapter 2, we see the first man being formed out of the dust of the ground. God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. He became a living being. He's actually quoting Genesis chapter 2 and verse number 7. So listen, God created man, listen carefully, God formed man's body out of the dust of the ground, but watch this, and he breathed or placed Adam's spirit into his body. Adam already existed in God. Just like you and I already existed in God from before the foundations of the world. God knew you before your daddy met your mama. Actually, if you rewind it all the way back, God knew you in the beginning of time. He is your father. You were inside of him in the ages of gold. And when you were born, your life was placed in the body that your daddy and your mama made. So when he formed Adam out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostril, he placed Adam's spirit being inside of that physical body. And God blessed him. Isn't that right? He blessed Adam. What does that mean? He said something good to Adam that enabled him to prosper and to succeed. He said, be fruitful. Is that good to be fruitful? He said, multiply. Is it good to multiply? He said, replenish. Subdue the earth. He said, I give you dominion and, and you're in charge. You are the God, as it were, of this world. But blessing, the key to obedience, the key to blessing is obedience. He started off blessed, but because of his disobedience, the blessing was turned to a curse. This is why we must be born again. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 6, we see his disobedience. God put him in the garden. He told him, don't eat of the tree that's in the middle of the garden. You got one job. 
<laughs> All right. <laughs> and sure enough, in verse number six, so when the woman saw that it was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and it was treated desirable to make one wise, and she took of the fruit and she ate it. She also gave to her husband with her, and he did eat. That moment, that act, that one moment of disobedience, when that happened, sin happened. And the Bible in Romans says that sin entered into the world and death through sin. And in this moment, death spread to every human being. From then on, every human being was born spiritually dead. That is why we must be born again. Write that down in your notes. For at this moment, every from this moment, every human being born is born spiritually dead. But here's the problem. Just like they didn't understand death, people today don't understand death. And I submit to you that some of us don't understand death. If we limit death to just this physical experience of your spirit leaving your body, then we fall far short of the reality that God spoke in that moment. By natural right, Adam went on to live about a thousand years before he physically died, but God told him the truth that on the same day, in the moment that you disobey this command, you shall, whether you understand it or not, you shall, whether it looks good to you or not, if God's word said don't do it, don't do it. Doesn't make if it makes sense in your mind, if it feels good, well I don't understand why, listen, if you said don't do it, don't do it. And it's because we don't understand death. We don't understand the need for salvation. So we complacently as Christians wander through this life helplessly as if we have no job or work to do. We come to church by ourselves. We don't bring strangers. We don't bring visitors. We don't bring people whose lives are in danger of eternal hellfire. Why? Because we don't understand the severity of death. Am I still okay or y'all need me to unhook? Okay, somebody said keep going. Okay. Jesus. Okay, where was I? This is why we must be born again. There was a man that came to Jesus in John chapter 3. We will read that this week. In John chapter 3, this guy came to him and he said, What do I need to do to go to heaven when I die? Jesus said, Except you are born again, you cannot enter to the kingdom of heaven. While you're sitting on that airplane, like Pastor Carroll said, when you're at that grocery store, at that sports, or, you know, when you're there, you know, doing whatever it is, you need to know the story and you need to know how to get it out so that they can understand it and believe. This guy came to him saying, what do I need to do to go to heaven when I die? Jesus said, except you are born again. The guy didn't understand it. He said, how can I be born again when I'm old? Conceptually, thinking that day, we know born again is something that relates to Christianity. But his natural mind was thinking, Mom, I can't go back. And I'm bigger than my mother. I can't go back into a womb that come out again. What are you talking about? Jesus said, what is born of the flesh is flesh. I'm talking about spiritual stuff. And except you, and unless you be born again, you will not go to heaven when you die. He said in verse 7, don't marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. That's John chapter 3 verse 7. Look at John chapter 3 verse 16. This is where we get it. 
Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Verse 17 says, uh, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be what? Saved. People need to be saved or they're going to hell. Your family needs to be saved or they're going to hell. Your co-workers need to be saved or they're going to hell. The first Adam messed it up, but the last Adam fixed it up. In Romans chapter 5, as I get ready to close, I'm not there yet. Yep, you can play the soft music. In Romans chapter 5, verse 6 through 8, we'll finish this next week. Verse 6 says, For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely, for scarcely, for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps if he's a good man, someone will even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us us that in that while we were still sinners Christ died for us listen child of God I'm here to tell you today that Christ died for the ungodly they need to hear this message they need to understand that they need to be born again because of Adam we need to be able to go to 1 Corinthians 15 and show them that the life for the first Adam is a human being but this last Adam he's a life giving spirit what are you talking about well the book of Romans chapter 5 verse 12 says there was one man whom through death came and spread upon all men and if you, and Jesus came to fix what Satan messed up and that's why we got Easter or that's why we celebrate his resurrection because he lives you can live like right now you're walking around like a zombie you're spiritually dead and if you die in your death you will remain in death but if you repent and believe the good news that if you believe God he will say something good over your life and empower you to prosper and make you to succeed. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You need to know that so you can tell them that you're a sinner. Not because you're in your own right, but because of Adam. You do what you do. Not because there's something wrong with you, but it was something wrong when Adam messed up and it passed on to everybody. You've been whoremongering. You've been adulterated. You've been, you know, stealing and cussing and killing. That was because of Adam but if you believe that Jesus died for your sins you can live with an eternity in him in Romans chapter 6 verse 23 for the wages of sin are death but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord as I conclude we're going to pick up next week we got to understand how does this work you told me the story but how do I accept it how do I apply the solution of Jesus to the sin problem in my life I invite you those online please come back next week everybody here please come back next week because we can hear the end of the story. Amen? Stand up with me. What in the world does Adam have to do with Jesus being raised from the dead? Say it with me. Everything. Everything. We wouldn't be where we are right now if it weren't for Adam. For those of us that are saved, we wouldn't be where we are right now if it weren't for Jesus. Jesus is the last Adam. 
If you need prayer for salvation, pray this. Say it out loud. Dear, heaven, dear God in heaven, I do believe that Jesus Christ, that He is the Son of God, He's your only begotten Son, I believe in Him. I believe they put Him in a grave and that You raised Him from the dead. Come into my heart. Save me. I repent for my sins. I accept your offer of salvation. And I also ask you for your Holy Spirit that I may commune with you in one, in Jesus' name. God bless you. We're out of time. But I hope to see you next week. Let me speak this word of blessing.